Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. In this week's episode, Governor Kathy Hochul is extending free taxpayer-funded health care to prostitutes. Then, the rights of churches to oversee their security teams has been recognized once again in state law. Our organization is chalking this one up in the win column. After that, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is throwing its support behind a federal school choice initiative. And next up, a young woman who struggled with gender dysphoria recently courageously offered congressional testimony speaking against so-called gender-affirming care. And finally, and sadly, child trafficking is a reality not just in the United States of America, but in our own backyard. We need to keep attention on this horrific tragedy and do everything we can to end it. There's so much to cover this week. Let's get started. Last fall, a Gallup poll asked Americans about the importance of various issues to their voting choices in the 2022 midterm elections. When asked about the importance of a candidate's plan to reduce the cost of health care services, 87% of American voters rated the issue as either very important or somewhat important to their respective vote choices. Given the significance of the cost of health care in the lives of voters, it is reasonable to assume that many New Yorkers would jump at the chance to receive health care that costs them nothing. No fees, no premiums, no copays, no deductibles, and no tax hikes. Well, a new pilot program recently unveiled by the New York State Department of Health promises to do just that, but only for one small subset of the Empire State's population. Prostitutes. The New York Post reports that under the leadership of Governor Kathy Hochul, the New York State Department of Health has awarded two contractors a combined total of $1 million over the next two years to conduct what it refers to as a sex worker health pilot program. The program will provide prostitutes in New York City and Western New York with primary sexual and behavioral health care, as well as dental care, through the New York State Department of Health AIDS Institute. Conservative lawmakers are aghast. Assemblymember Sam Perizzola, a Republican from Staten Island, asked, what are they going to have, a prostitution card? This is a 100% step in the direction to decriminalize prostitution. Assemblymember Steve Hawley, a Batavia Republican, asserted that the majority in Albany is once again pushing the boundaries of what should be normal and acceptable in our society. Prostitution in our state has increased crime and violence in our communities and decreased the quality of life for residents across western New York. The way in which this program is being forced onto New Yorkers is nothing short of undemocratic. This new initiative by the governor is wildly irresponsible and will only encourage more prostitution within our state. Assemblymember David DiPietro, an East Aurora Republican, correctly argued that it is unfair for the government to provide free health care to prostitutes when that benefit is not offered to other New Yorkers. This move follows a report that the Hochul administration has created a pilot program to fund additional healthcare workers to serve transgender patients. Maybe, and, and, and just maybe, now hear me out, maybe New York should focus on lowering the cost of healthcare for all New Yorkers, not just various identity groups. And in our next topic, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is pleased and thankful to report that our lawsuit challenging the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, a gun control law, 
signed by Governor Kathy Hochul in 2022, has been withdrawn. Our attorney, David C. Sealing, withdrew the lawsuit because the changes made to the Concealed Carry Improvement Act during this year's state budget process made the lawsuit unnecessary. As many New Yorkers will recall, the Concealed Carry Improvement Act banned volunteer church security teams from carrying concealed firearms. This was problematic given that many New York churches believe that armed security is needed to protect their churches, and that the Concealed Carry Improvement Act only allowed law enforcement officers or paid security staff to carry concealed weapons on church properties. After multiple lawsuits were filed, courts held this limitation to be unconstitutional. Later, the 2023-2024 state budget amended the Concealed Carry Improvement Act to allow unpaid security personnel at houses of worship to carry firearms. This action cured the problem that led us to file suit in the first place. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks David Sealing and the attorneys of the law firm of Brenna Boyce for representing us in this matter. We also thank the churches across New York who joined in our lawsuit. Church protection and church autonomy are principles worth defending. Now, let me just pull back for a minute and say this. I don't believe that Governor Kathy Hochul would have included the language in the budget that she did were it not for the lawsuits that were brought. When Governor Kathy Hochul saw that she was going to lose this issue in court and that would be an embarrassment on her administration, she included the language in the budget to go ahead and fix this problem. That's a win. And that's a rare thing to see that kind of action occur. So I just want to pause. I want to take a moment. And I want to thank those churches that stood in the gap. I want to thank friends and supporters that helped fund this effort. I want to thank the Lord who gives the victory. And I want to thank all our supporters who helped speak out on this issue. This is a win. And it was good to experience it and to have this one under our belts in 2023. Now, looking at a federal issue. As a pro-family Christian organization, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms strongly supports parental rights and school choice. Specifically, we support policies that protect both homeschooling families and Christian schools from undue government intrusion, along with policies that empower parents to select educational approaches that will work best for their children. Accordingly, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms supports federal legislation known as H.R. 531 and S-120, the Educational Choice for Children Act. The ECCA would make available a total of $10 billion in tax credits each year to incentivize charitable giving to nonprofits that provide scholarship aid to low- and middle-income students in grades kindergarten through 12. Under the ECCA, the scholarship aid provided by these nonprofits could be used for educational expenses incurred by homeschooled students or by students in public schools or non-public schools. Such expenses could include not just tuition, but also the cost of books, supplies, technology, and equipment. Significantly, the bill includes language preventing government from excluding Christian schools from the benefits of the ECCA and language barring government from asserting control over Christian schools. The ECCA is sponsored by Senator Bill Cassidy, a Louisiana Republican in the U.S. Senate, and by Representative Adrian Smith, a Nebraska Republican in the U.S. House of Representatives. Upon introducing the ECCA earlier this year, Senator Cassidy commented, 
Parents deserve the right to make the best educational choice for their child, regardless of income. Our bill empowers families to pick the school that best fits their children's needs. As of August 3, 2023, the ECCA has been sponsored by 27 U.S. Senators and by 112 members of the U.S. House of Representatives. The bill is also supported by a wide range of organizations, including Homeschool Legal Defense Association and the Association of Christian Schools International. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks the seven New York Congress members who have co-sponsored the ECCA to date. They are Representatives Anthony D'Esposito, Nick Lingworthy, Mike Lawler, Nicole Maliotakis, Elise Stefanik, Claudia Tenney, and Brandon Williams. Furthermore, we encourage other members of New York's congressional delegation to add their names in support of this important legislation. Speaking of another federal issue, on July 27, 2023, members of the U.S. House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution and Limited Government witnessed a modern-day profile in Courage. At a hearing entitled The Dangers and Due Process Violations of Gender-Affirming Care for Children, 19-year-old Chloe Cole spoke about her experience as a detransitioner. A detransitioner is a person who has begun or completed a so-called gender transition but has chosen to stop the transition process or to reverse course and reclaim his or her true, biologically-based gender identity. Ms. Cole testified that at age 12, she was uneasy about the changes to her body that were brought on by the onset of puberty. She was diagnosed with gender dysphoria, and she informed her parents that she was transgender. According to Cole, she was taken to see a gender specialist who asked her parents, would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son? Cole began taking puberty blockers and was placed on testosterone at age 13. She described the changes testosterone made to her voice, her physique, and her facial features. Chloe Cole then underwent a medically unnecessary double mastectomy when she was 15. She has lingering problems with the skin grafts associated with the procedure. Cole made the key point that none of the treatments she underwent resolved the underlying issues that made her uncomfortable with her body in the first place. While she had not been suicidal prior to attempting a gender transition, she did become suicidal after her mastectomy. Now, Cole believes that her 12-year-old self needed compassion and therapy. Instead, she was, quote, affirmed in the delusion that a gender transition would solve her problems. She added, we need to stop telling 12-year-olds that they were born wrong. Chloe ended her testimony by saying, my childhood was ruined. This needs to stop. You alone can stop it. Enough children have already been victimized by this barbaric pseudoscience. Please let me be your final warning. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks Chloe Cole and the other brave transitioners who are sharing their stories. No young person should go through what Chloe Cole has gone through, and the medical and psychiatric personnel who encourage minor patients and their families to pursue transgenderism must reverse course. Finally today, there's a recent story in the Daily Signal that offers both disturbing facts and helpful suggestions in regard to the horrific problem of child sex trafficking. Penned by Emma Waters of the Heritage Foundation, the op-ed indicates that child sex trafficking in the U.S. typically occurs online or at truck stops, hotels, and motels. 
The average age for a child to enter the trafficking industry is 12 to 14 years of age. Often, trafficking victims are girls who have experienced childhood sexual abuse and have become runaways. Traffickers usually know their victims. Watson asserts that child trafficking is aggravated by four main factors. The porous southern border, predatory social media use, pornography, and broken families. Watson adds the following. Of the hundreds of unaccompanied minors that customs agents apprehend each day near the southern border of the United States, an estimated 60% will become victims of traffickers or cartels. Traffickers use social media platforms to groom potential victims. According to United Against Human Trafficking, an estimated 55% of victims of U.S. sex trafficking aged 7 to 11 are recruited through social media apps and websites. As of 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found that 86% of sex trafficking victims were in the care of social services when they went missing. Kids who live with single mothers and unrelated males are 11 times more likely than other kids to be physically and sexually abused. Solving the ongoing southern border crisis, limiting predators' online access to children, breaking our societal addiction to pornography, and rebuilding America's broken family structures is a very tall order, especially in a divided nation. With our Lord, however, all things are possible. And we as social conservatives and members of the greater Christian community should be doing everything we can to end the horrific abuse that is known as child sex trafficking in the United States and around the world. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.